0: welcome to career alchemist podcast my name is tiana burek and i'm a career and business alignment coach i help impact driven professionals create careers tailor-made to their potential using the power of human design in this podcast you will hear interviews with entrepreneurs and professionals who have successfully created their non-linear careers and hear lessons learned along their journey through the lens of their human design If you're ready to become the alchemist of your career, join us. Hi, today my guest is Sigute. She is a multi-passionate writer and a coach who started her solopreneur journey, and I'm very excited to welcome her on this Career Alchemist podcast. Welcome, Sigute.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Tiana. I'm excited to talk all things human design, and I know you're brilliant genius and all this so i love diving into this with you
0: so first of all would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your career journey so far and how you got into the entrepreneurship
1: yeah so it's exactly like you said and you know right on the front page of my website i really declare proudly i'm a multi-passionate which any human design lovers know that's the you know quintessential manifesting generator so my career has really sort of evolved and grown and another part of me as well being a multi passionate is that I'm both kind of intellectual, analytical, and also very creative. And so as many I'm sure professionals can uh, understand, we lean on that analytical thing that we're good at. And then the creativity sort of comes in later in life when you kind of realize that, oh, I can hold both both sides of these. So um, in that fashion, you know, my career started at business school. I moved into work in finance. And it was really when I was working in finance that I was, I kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug. And so I, I did the typical uh, side hustle at that point, which is going to real estate, which is again, very analytical, intellectual, that kind. So I did that. But through real estate is when I really got into the world of, you know, mindset and, you know, things that come when you're an entrepreneur and the the you know self-help books that I was reading and all of that. So that was in my early 20s. And then I did a total pivot from finance into the self-help and online marketing world by moving to Malaysia to work at Mind Valley. So that was my like huge pivot. And yeah, for Mind Valley, I feel like that was where. My foundation was set of starting to learn who I am. Um, from Mind Valley again, I moved back home here to Canada. Worked at Shopify in e-commerce, but Shopify is this amazing company where it's it's you know analytical, but it's also very creative. And we, you know, our mission is to spread entrepreneurship. So I did that for three years, and then in January of this year, so twenty twenty one, I left. And I dove right into my own um, personal business, which again, is, is never gonna be just one thing, it's gonna be a few things. So I'm a writer now of, I have a weekly newsletter, the Friday newsletter. I'm also a personal brand coach for professionals and also a project manager. And that's that's my sort of full solopreneur, entrepreneurial business now. And that's kind of lights me up as having those different avenues and different channels for each each part of myself. So that's where we're at.
0: Great, congrats on starting your entrepreneurial journey. It must be exciting and it's been challenging into pandemic, but also a big challenge that uh, multi-passionates uh, face is how to connect all these passions and being a manifesting generator, it is very typical to have multiple streams of passion and to run like a side hustle apart from your nine to five. But a big thing and that's something you mentioned is you have made transitions from finance to mind value. Shopify and then started your own business what were the pivotal moments or what were your not self teams that you experienced when you were making these transitions and let me clarify the not self team is like a not signature team for each uh, every human design type and for manifesting generators its frustration so my question is when did you feel frustrated in your journey to make you pivot
1: yeah, that's that's like when I'm not at my best, I guess no. that's when I dip into the frustration and for me that always happened right before I made a pivot, which is interesting because um I think that I just wasn't um I think my the mindset training of having a linear career, I think I did feel a lot of times shame if I wanted to move into something else, if I got bored of it or if I, you know, I saw something else that I wanted to grow into different opportunities. So for me the frustration was always like the last few months of of a job and I would always be in this little bubble of knowing I want something else but then like talking myself out of it because no I should just commit fully for the rest of my life into this thing that I that I chose um, and that's that's where it kind of you know would bobble in for a couple of months and I can share that you know when I was leaving all of my other jobs uh, before Shopify I had this I guess my frustration pattern is that I uh, just kind of close off from the world. And it's like, okay, I can't tell anyone that I'm trying to make this pivot. I need to figure it out of myself. I think another one of my not self qualities is that I have to like pretend like I know all the answers and I'm going to force the answers out of myself. I'm going to figure out my next plan. And so I would just close myself off and try to use my intellectual brain to okay, I'm going to just perfectly plan out the next step. And, what I end up doing is closing myself off from opportunities coming to me, which we can dive into that, you know, with my strategy of waiting to respond. But yeah, so I kind of inadvertently, I think was blocking myself off from my strategy. And then, you know, flip that, I think I, I started to realize that. And so when I was leaving Shopify, when I started to kind of feel a little bit of frustration, like I'm ready to leave, um, at least I was empowered to, and actually this is ironic timing, that's when I launched my newsletter. And my newsletter really was launched at a place where I was, you know, three years at Shopify. I wanted something else. I wanted to explore my creativity. And I actually started writing about it week after week after week. And because of that, it sort of opened doors for me. And I ended up leaving at the start of this year through the newsletters when, you know, my readers, a few of them started to approach me for coaching. And that, you know, I responded to that. And now I have this other entire coaching business, which um, allowed me to kind of move into the next phase. So uh, yeah, when I feel the frustration, it's like, okay, I think I'm closing myself off and closing myself off from, you know, hints of what the next step will be.
0: But that's a great point that you mentioned is using your strategy to respond. And that is the strategy for generators and manifesting ge- generators so that when you're following your strategy, you're then able to move with ease and create an aligned path for you. So a big challenge that people face when they're stuck in their careers, stuck in their nine to five and want to transition into entrepreneurship is how to make that leap and how to financially uh, bridge that gap. So what was what was your way of off leaping into entrepreneurship
1: yeah and and this is again so personal right because some people are like rip the band-aid and just do it and that has never ever ever been me um I always need to and again I think this is another part of my type is I need to like try it out with my hands and really sit in it and only then do I get the full clarity of like yep this was a really good move or it wasn't a good move also another part is that I have a lot of um I guess what would you call it like you know, structured energy, very defined energy. And so this like energizer bunny where I, I'm i not afraid of hustle for short bursts of time. Um, and so it's not sustainable for long times, but I know when I'm about to make a pivot, it's like, okay, I'll have a year where I had my nine to five. I had my side hustle on, you know, evenings and weekends. And it's almost like I put myself in this boiler pot of like, just do, 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 do. And then after a year or so, I see what I'm still connected to and that's what happened to me I was like nope number one is like writing my newsletter number two is coaching number three is project management everything else um, kick my nine to five kind of out because it was just at the bottom run so yeah for me it's like trying a lot of things in my mixed bag and then just seeing what falls out
0: Oh, wow, congrats. When I hear that, I'm a manifester and a non-sacral being, so I don't have that defined sacral center. So building a side hustle for me like makes my brain scream. But for manifesting generators, it is very typical to thrive on building a side hustle apart from their nine-to-five because as you said, like Energizing Bunny, you have that energy to sustain. So that is really important to uh, be aware of what human design type you are and if uh, building a side hustle is really a good way for you to make this transition. So being a multi-passionate and uh, being um, able to uh, do project management and uh, coaching and writing and having all these multiple passions, how did you use your prior work experience
1: and lean into your strengths to build your own entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So right now I have, like I was saying, the two, I guess, big streams, which is the, my analytical brain, which is the project management. And so I work with, you know, established business owners. They come to me with, you know, a new idea or business revenue kind of avenue that they want to launch. And I help them, you know, plan it out, map it and launch it. Um, And then the other side of my business, which is the, the coaching and the writing is where I really, you know, I'm in my creative element and like listening and, and helping, you know, get creative, these professionals that come and they're like, Oh, I want to start something new. That's where we can like daydream. And both of these kind of bounce around from each other. Right. Cause I'm Uh, I know what kind of online careers are out there. So I'm able to like plant seeds or have, you know, create at least a foundation to brainstorm um, and vice versa. When, you know, I can kind of talk to people, see what direction they're moving in. I can help both sides. So um, I think the biggest thing that if I look back on my career that I used to do was, okay, I'm going to go in my project management analytical brain. And that's just all I'm going to do. I'm going to have a linear career like they tell me to. And then I get bored of that. And then so I swing the pendulum of, okay, I'm just going to be like a jet set entrepreneur who has this like, you know, four hour work week type of thing. And then I'm like, no, I don't want that either. And so my biggest lesson was don't bounce around from one to the other. It's take both and create a career where both avenues are kind of fulfilling. And so that's that's like my, again, the big multi-passionate thing is that I need both sides of my brain to be working. And I don't think a lot of people um, accept that or talk about that. It's like, okay, you're the creative designer and you're the robot, you know, numbers person. And to be both is, I think, kind of a bold um, career choice that not so many people have. So that's, that's how, that's how I've come to place. And I'm so happy with being able to flex both personality types and both of my strengths and, Uh, Yeah, create something that fulfills me.
0: Thank you for sharing that. It's really important. Like, I love what you mentioned as a multi passionate and uh, knowing what is out there in the online world, you can offer your clients different perspectives and solutions. And that's the beauty of being multi passionate. Uh, But what would you say, like, in today's society, everyone wants you to become. it's, it's opposed to the generalists. They, everyone wants, uh, especially corporations, the specialized knowledge, the spe- specific skills. So would you say when you reflect from, of course, your own experience, is it possible to survive in a corporate world as a multi-passionate
1: or being an entrepreneur is the only way out? So I think the short answer would be yes, you can survive where else. But the thing that I no one really like talks about this and I didn't clue in until truly a couple years ago is that all corporations are not the same and there's a life cycle right like any business ever created was one person with an idea and it has grown to maybe a five-person team a 10-person team right that's the startup so solopreneur then there's the startup phase then there's the like you know, small business, then you're moving, you know, 50 plus people, then a thousand people, then you're becoming a medium business. And of course, it skyrockets to, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Um, and I really like when I joined Shopify it was about, I want to say a thousand to 2000 people. And when I left, it was close to 10,000 people. So in three years, I saw the company 10X. And I really saw firsthand how different my work looked, team structure looked, culture looked, all these things at the different phases of a company. And so something that I realized is, okay, as soon as a company hits a thousand people plus, that's not for me anymore. Cause that's the specialized, um, you know, that's maybe, I don't know where the generators would be good at. You can correct me if I'm wrong um, or at least the less multi-passionate people but for me, I was like, no, startup is where it's at. So either working with solopreneurs, working with people to five to 20 people in their startup. And that's that's my genius zone. Um, that's where I can wear multiple hats. I can get creative. Um, but but anything over that is where I feel a little bit too, like my sandbox is too small. I'm kind of just being told what to do. So I always look at the size of the company as well, um, which I never thought of. I was just like, okay, like corporate. And that's that. they're all the same um, and they're not. I
0: love that you mentioned this because that's the whole purpose of me creating the career alchemist and why I call it career not just business alchemist because uh, you can create an aligned career or business depending that starts from you and starts from your design, from your potential, but you really have to look into which kind of environment you fit and multi-passionates, the only way is not just becoming an entrepreneur, but you can also be an intrapreneur within the company. so when you were at uh, Shopify and Mind Valley, but I remember you saying at Shopify, what was the trigger that made you leave? And when did you feel this connect when the company started growing?
1: Yeah, um, and that's actually a good point. I love uh, what you said is that you, you know, even if you do have more rigid role at the company, then take the initiative to, you know have a creative outlet or do something on the side that allows you to, you know, bounce your different parts of you off. It's not always just leave, leave what you have, because sometimes you can be on a good team where you have the flexibility. Um, For me, I think it was like a perfect storm at Shopify. I think that, you know, also 2020 happened. And I think also at a big company like that, it, you know, I went in with a role with lots of potential to like create my own role it was okay white spaces okay take you know lead the the partnerships in this area and lead the branding in this area and then when 2020 hit it was like okay we're in survival mode like just go back to the basics you know do your pipe dreams later um, and I did a lot of traveling and events so it kind of was like okay you're back in this container of kind of what the defined role was and that's where for me it was like no, no no I'm not you can't just put me in a defined role to like, just do what needs to be done. Um, What appealed to me was the thinking. And so I think part of it was just the nature of 2020 for a little bit was, you know, all creativity kind of got blocked off. Um, But I, but I also like, I felt, um, you know, I want like I just know inside of me there's more to like with my writing and my coaching I just always was trying to put like a square peg into a round hole you know that whole expression is I always try to bring more of my spirituality and that's part of me into my you know tech career and at a certain point you have to be like why am I forcing this into this um versus I could just leave and and kind of own my career which I think was just something that I was you know, resisting for a while and eventually just had to say, hey, you know what, here's the perfect opportunity, out I go. Mm-hmm.
0: But one thing I remember you mentioned is like being disconnected uh, from the founder's vision. When the company starts growing and then there's a lot of discrepancy and a lot of layers that uh, happen between the founder and the rest of the, the team and that's where the gap, Uh, is, can you reflect on how that um, is seen and perceived from your human design chart?
1: Yeah, so this is a really, if anyone has read Rocket Fuel, that concept of um, the visionary and the integrator. And the perfect example is like Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg you know, any business you look at, you have like the visionary ideas person, and then you have the, okay, let me actually make this happen. I'm the indicator type, right? And so I always connect to people like the founders with a big vision. And so I think another thing for me is as companies get bigger, like layers of people and middle managers step in in the middle. And so as Shopify was growing, I could just see the founder going further and further, further away from me. And you know, their vision not trickling down. And so then I'm working with a middle manager who maybe doesn't have the same vision and excitement and, and, you know, dream for the company. And so I'm kind of like, I have this drive to like push something forward, but I'm getting blocked off. And the, the beautiful thing is that's the time when I was building my side hustle, right? And I was a project manager. And I was working with other entrepreneurs from solopreneurs to maybe they have a team of five or 10. And so I always worked directly with the founder right the founder has the the idea you know they're the leader and then I'm the one that makes it you know creates it operationally and makes it happen and so that's that was the biggest thing for me to realize I'm so empowered in this area and I'm tag teaming with a founder and then I'm missing that over here in the corporate because I'm so far away from the founder and you know I could be reporting into someone who doesn't have that obviously they're not the founder right they don't have the same like and energy and all that
0: what was another interesting gate that showed up for you is gate 13 to listener so how does that show up in your work and being as a coach and how important is that and using your natural skills and potential
1: that lay in this uh gate I've always um in family or friends I've always 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 been that person that I just meet someone and for some reason they're telling me their life story uh and so I I think I just have i mean i have gate 13 so that probably explains why um and so the way that it works for me in my business you know of course the obvious one is in coaching right i'm very good at just like listening and sort of you know in even if someone has like a whirlwind of ideas and they don't have clarity i'm able to really listen and process it through my brain and then be like oh here's like here's what i'm hearing that was simple um but even on the project management side um i think in project management there's a tendency sometimes is to have, to come into business and say, here's my perfect, the perfect software I use, the perfect platform. These are the perfect systems. I'm going to force them on you. And as they say, the best project management is the one that works and that people follow. Um, And so I think my, I think why I've done so well working with entrepreneurs is I never come in with here's how we're going to do it. I go in and I kind of learn the founder. I understand them. um, I see how they work. And then I create a system around them. And so it's, you know, I have a few platforms, of course, that I suggest for, you know, this or for that, but it's always going to be like, hey, which one fits you? Which one are you going to like, are you going to use Asana? You probably are not like, you know, and and which one works for each person. So I think the listening part has been really, really key for me to understand the people so I could give them kind of what they'll use. Because I think the other frustrating part for, I don't know if this is for manifesting generators is doing the work, and then someone not keeping up or not doing their end, that is a big like trigger for me. So I would never put myself into that situation where, um, you know, I'm forcing something down their throat, and they're not using it, because that would, you know, that would make me a happy MG.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's great that you're mentioning, because one size doesn't fit all at, and it's really important as a client, service and a service provider to really customize the way of how you're helping your clients achieve because your way is not necessarily their way. So you also mentioned that you use human design to getting to know your clients and kind of customize the way
1: you will offer the solutions for them. So do you want to tell us how you use human design? So for my project management clients, the beautiful thing is that I'm in the kind of online coaching spirituality world. So All of them already are so familiar with human design, you know, we meet and, you know, in the first few weeks, they already have their, you know, their Enneagram, their human design, all their uh, self-awareness things. So that actually, you know, my homework's done for me, they already do it. Um, Where I find a lot of people aren't yet into the human design world is when I work with professionals um, in my coaching. And so of course it's okay. You need my birth date and my number, like, okay, you're going to read out my astrology sign. And I think that, you know, you can laugh along with them until you get the, you know, the download of their form and their chart. Sorry. And then they start listening and they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) You are seeing me for who I am. And, um, I know I was the same way too. Right. Like there's so many, whether it's personality quizzes or astrology, and and sometimes they're, you know, Oh, fun. Like this is a meme of someone, but, um, with human design, the deeper you go into it, the more you start to realize, oh crap. Um, Yeah, this is not just a meme that's on Instagram of the typical manifesting generator. Like if you look at the different gates and all these things, um, it starts to make sense and it starts to validate who you are. And I think that we're moving away from this, um, very happily moving away. And I think most people are happy that it's no longer that this is how you do it here's my five-step proven plan. You know, you're a terrible person if you're not, you know, finding success the way that I'm finding success. And so what human design does, it's it's just a mirror of this is who you are. And so now that you know that, now let's just cater to that and build your own plan. So, you know, I know that that's how you work. That's how I work, which is not by any cookie cutter, you know, standards. It's like, okay, let's just see who you are. And this just helps me see them as well right so when i'm talking to my clients i'm like i know this advice probably won't help you but this one will you'll probably connect to that a little bit more so it's it's yeah it's good for i love you know looking at charts of friends as well and being like oh okay this makes sense now and like now i know how to maybe like what will trigger you or what will make you happy or feel validated or all these things so uh, definitely very very important
0: exactly a great point and it's the science of differentiation so it's not meant to put us into more boxes it's meant to uh, get us out of the existing ones. so even if uh, you're a manifesting generator you might be so so much different from another manifesting generator based on your profile based on specific gates lines and different things in your chart so it's really important to look at it holistically and I like that you mentioned that it is really hard to get uh, human design as the system in front of professionals in like more rigid environment who are not into the spirit in the spiritual world but what is really unique with human design system is that it's not biased by your answers and your current state of mind it's really your energetic blueprint based on your date of birth and yes it sometimes sounds like woo woo and like uh, this whole world of spirituality but it's a mix of different science of ancient systems and it's really really deep and comprehensive and if you can it gives you the key of living in alignment actually so if you knows how, know how to use use it correctly you'll be able to create an aligned career or business that way Something that I wanted to ask you when and I think a lot of people are struggling with this is like when they're on career crossroads and thinking of oh, which direction I should go into and everyone is starting with what they want to do, with what they should be doing, with the ways of how they should be creating their path. They're not starting with their own why and with their own purpose. And usually through human design, where we see this purpose of our work is uh, within our wound, something that we have overcame, something that we have struggled because where we spend majority of our uh, life and our work life, learning the lessons is something that we can help others. So do you want to share what your wound through human design is and how you are using that in your journey?
1: Yeah, this one... I know we talked about this one and you sort of shared it for me, which was kind of mind blowing, which is, um, really related to an individual's communication skills. So, you know, of course I'm now writing a newsletter, um, which to, you know, I feel like my writing has been bottled up inside of me my whole life. And I can't tell you how many years, you know, I've written in secret on, you know, a word document in my computer and never shared it. Um, And I think that my, you know, the wound that I had to go through was like finding my place to use my voice and expressing myself and releasing my voice and my creativity. And I definitely like that is the, that is my twenties in a nutshell is is wanting to express myself. But, um, I think also finding my own way to do it, right? Like, okay, the trend right now is Instagram or the trend right now is, you know, reels or, or this and that, and that has never felt, um, good for me um and so it was only when I found kind of okay I could just write a newsletter and send it to an email list and people can opt in to listen to me and if they don't want to they don't have to like I think there's another piece of it where you know I created my unknowingly almost like I created my space of okay this is how I write in my place I write every Friday if you want it come get it if not that's totally fine and that is kind of what helped me um break my wound and so um I think the healing too, when I was reading about it, was actually saying that my healing will happen when I start to realize that my communication is not gonna look like everyone else's, it's gonna look unique. Um, and when I create that environment of myself of being able to share it very uniquely, um, it's when I come up with ideas that are different and maybe not not the mainstream will resonate with. Um, and, and it's so funny because m- the proof that i'm healing is when i start to now help others express their creativity so now i've overcome that wound in myself and now i'm sharing in others and that part was quite um perfectly aligned right with my coaching for professionals it's like you know and i i know exactly how they feel okay i have too many thoughts i don't know what to write about it's like i've been there i was there three years ago like I, i know exactly how you feel or I'm afraid to show up. Okay. Then don't show up on Instagram because you absolutely don't have to. And I think that's so liberating to people going, Oh, I can just write a blog. Everyone says blogs are dead. I'm like, sure. If you're, if you're wearing your marketing hat, um, mark, sure. Like, sh- you know, believe what you, what you want to believe. But if you are a creative who needs to express themselves, I don't care if you like go carve it on a rock outside old school style. Like get your voice out get people to read it um, and so I feel like I'm, I'm definitely in that healing phase and it's very validating that um, I just need to do more of what I'm doing and I'll just kind of grow myself in the process and that's kind of my my dharma my purpose to help other people too
0: I love your Friday newsletters and everyone should subscribe. We'll leave the link at the end and below this video to subscribe. And you really bring uh, your own way of thinking and your own process into these Friday's newsletters. And you found your own way, you find your own voice. So do you want to share how you create these
1: Friday newsletters? Something really interesting, I think that the common trend of, at least now of creating content is what's going to go viral. What are people going to like what's mainstream? And for me, it's, it has never been about like the audience I'm going to attract. It's more of how can I express and bring to the world what I want to bring into the world. And, you know, sometimes I say that for writers, especially you often have to take off your marketing hat. And especially for those of us who work in the marketing world, we, if we want to get creative and express ourselves, we really, really have to take that conditioning of this is what works. This is what goes viral. This is what, you know, the top five tips are. Um, And so, you know, when I write my Friday newsletter, it's to express my deepest self and then hope that through sharing my thoughts and feelings, you know, the way that I've already processed them, I can help others kind of maybe mirror it to themselves or help them think of things in unique ways. Uh, And so then, you know, I can help them in that sense. But for me, um, it's never so much writing for some kind of goal of, you know, to to be smart or to like be the best and be amazing. It's more just like I'm going to share what's coming out. And I know that that will connect to people um, once they hear it. So that's the kind of writing side of it. And then in terms of just like my personality of, you know, because some people like to write the same time every week. Some people like to write all over the place. And that's another big human design thing of, you know, what's your discipline type? Um, what kind of environment are you in? So for me, one of the things is I'm very disciplined. So, you know, for me to have my Friday routine, where I wake up, I make my cup of tea, I go sit down at the table at, you know, let's say 8am. And then I write from eight till let's say 11am. And every single Friday, that's just my routine. And that is so freeing for me, because I know that's my block where nothing else in my brain is even taking up space. I just write, I do my thing. Um, And of course, maybe for other people, they, you know, they get creativity at other areas. But for me, it's like my brain almost all week is like, okay, Friday, we're going to channel everything and write it then. And I know that we talked about shores as well, kind of your environment. um, Yes, what environment and what's interesting for me is for the natural um, shores for me is that Um, I like the, what is it, it's like when two different places combine. So if I'm at a window, I'm in the house, but the window opens me up to the outside world. And so I know we talked about like, I always love to be near a window and I'll kind of space out and look out. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, in that energy space. I think also another interesting thing is like, I love the city, but I love nature. And I've always found myself, I have to be with both. I have to be like right on the cusp of you know, being able to have one foot in the city if I want to, but then also be kind of in nature and more of the suburbs and the others. So it's, it's just, again, maybe it's a multi-passionate thing, but it's having those both energies that I can plug into. So if I, if I want to think of an idea, I can look outside at the sky and the clouds and nature, and then I can go back into the house and be like, okay, like write it out. So the environment is a, is a, big one for me and I love going to cafes to work for that reason when there's beautiful windows and um, I'm in different environments so that's that's where a lot of my creativity comes from.
0: And being ashore is it's like being able to jump on and off the shore so being able to jump on and off from the virtual world social media online presence but also change your scenery being able to be in a city or being able to be in the nature and that flexibility and freedom is also a way that you're in alignment with your shores environment when you mentioned, like you're creating your friday newsletters and there's a lot of uh, talks about the marketing um, area of how certain things should be done, like how many you know, like what channels you're using, how you're presenting yourself. And a lot of people say that you don't need to have a beautiful website. You don't need a website at all to be able to start helping people and to just be present. But I know you built your website and I also built my website despite these talks and I just could never resonate with that. And I know what we found in common is this gate 44, which is the energy of someone who is a greeter, who likes to create beautiful materials who likes to create beautiful presentations websites for their clients just being able to create visually appealing content and present themselves and be the part of their personal brand so do you want to explain like how you overcame that uh, negative thought and the advice of you don't need a website to start your business but despite you have created yours
1: yeah no that was a huge huge thing for me because again it's taking off the marketing hat right and it's maybe we call it the capitalistic society the hustle culture of all that matters is money and that's the only thing that you know just go 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 and so that mentality is okay let's strip away anything that's going to take money that's going to take time okay any beauty design like scrap it um any time spent you know creativity strip it away just you know just put put black words on white paper and and hit publish. And that just never, ever resonated with me um, as much as I love words and that's what I channel. I need my words to land on something beautiful, right? I want people to be reading my words and I wanna create that energy for them, um, how they're reading it. And that's a huge piece because I know for a lot of people, it's okay, we'll just you know put up a simple website like why are you overthinking it whereas for me um what I always said is I want the aesthetic of like a fashion and beauty blog but I want the words of like you know I don't know a TED forum or something like I I want to have deep kind of intellectual and creative conversations um but still have that beautiful aesthetic and I I know that for me I had to overcome that outside mentality of oh just get something out quick and dirty just like you know put up a random page or, or anything like that. And it just never appealed to me. And when I finally stepped into this kind of identity of, no, I'm an artist, I'm a creative, even though my whole career is like conditioned to be, you know, money and numbers and all that, it was like, no, 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 no. I am now in my creative space and I have a vision board with beautiful, just like flowers and cafes. And it really just reconnects me to the fact that, um, that part of it is so, like, it's 50% of it, right, Is the the channel 44 kind of explains that for me, is that that's, that's really important, and then when my readers read it, I connect with people who also value it, and so I just find this, like, underground community of people coming up, like, oh, I love beauty, too, and I love beautiful websites, too, and then we come together, and, and now we're this unique group of people who love aesthetic, who love beautiful visual design, and who love having deep um, thoughts and deep conversations, so you know, that that bubble of community is there. And so why fight what you love? Why not just combine it all? And I think that's a manifesting generators passion is just like, this is what I like. (laughs) Screw everyone, I'm combining it. And then you realize there's all these other people who love it, too
0: yeah that's why it's really important to be able to listen to your own voice and create things in your own way and that's what human design helped us what is something else that you would say that human design made you aware of or what you wish you knew before you knew human
1: design what has it uncovered for you Oh my gosh, so many things. I think, well, it was really interesting too, how we were taught, because we we're kind of a little bit opposite in one sense, in that we discovered that I actually was subconsciously like living my human design, like I was very aligned. Um, But because of that, I was always very um, different from the conventional society's plans, right? Like my 20s was exploring just like I should with my human design type. But then for society that look like, oh, why are you jumping around? Why don't you just, why do not you stick to your linear path? Um, and so I think people like me who are aligned um, sometimes can have a little bit of a rebellious energy that you develop or this kind of like chip on your shoulder where you're like, well, no one is like me anyway. You know, no one kind of understands me. And then I think for you is kind of the opposite where you were saying that you, you were like, in society's eyes, I, you know, I'm doing the perfect thing. And then one day you woke up and we're like, I feel so out of alignment. Um, Exactly.
0: And so then for you. I was living, I'm a manifester and I was living as a condition manifesting generator. So for me, the whole process of uh, coming into alignment was the process of deconditioning. So for me, it was like getting out of this box and learning literally how to live, work, and operate in a new aligned way. But for you, it was really interesting that you subconsciously were living and in an aligned way so what advice would you give to people how to live in an aligned way how to create their career path in the way that is aligned to their unique potential
1: definitely dive into the world of human design and As I was saying at the beginning too, there's like different layers of it. Um, So even when you start at the very top, which is the most common thing is you find out you're manifesting, you know, generator, manifester, projector, all those types that already starts to, you know, for me, that immediately gave me permission that I'm a multi-passionate that is actually a superpower of mine. That's who I am to embrace it. Um, so that was kind of the first level um also my profile the fact that I have like the three phases in my life again that kind of gave me validation of yeah my 20s were meant to be experiment experimental and now that I'm in my 30s it's like okay now I can sort of take what I'm the experiments that I did build them together um so those were kind of the two initial validations that I had from human design and then as you trickle down um the strategy and authority. That's like the next phase that I found really helpful. I know we've touched on mine, strategy to respond. Um, that one was huge for me because t- typical um, you know, business culture tells you to just like take action right now. You have an idea, be a hustler, don't be lazy, go take take advice. And for me, that's actually, I will either burn myself out or I will make the wrong move if I take action right away, right? For me, I have to start like, opening up planting seeds in the universe and then kind of wait for something to come and then I respond to it and so again like that validated me and then if you are someone who has been conditioned and you know following society's path and you feel out of alignment I think that human design really is the shortcut to just get like get those answers and be able to have it mirror to you of who you are because think sometimes the other danger or not danger but the thing is we we just assume everyone's like us and so the fact that I like multiple things or you know I have this energizer bunny energy in me I don't I just assume everyone else does and I don't realize that that's something I need to lean on uh so just yeah I I think human design makes you realize how actually unique you are (laughs) that's probably um the thing is because right because you don't have to it's not about uncovering like what am I good at? Like, what do I need to do? It's more just giving yourself freedom to do what is like bursting out of you anyways. And I think sometimes we tend to over intellectualize, which I definitely was saying I have done. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's there's no like, even right now, I haven't like solved who sigute is. And this is who I'm going to be the rest of my life. I know that next year, I'm going to be, you know, a different kind of different things align to me. I'll be in a different phase of my life. So it's just, it's never an never ending journey and you never reach alignment. I think that's the main thing is you either are doing practices that keep you in alignment or you're falling out of alignment um, when you're kind of ignoring your own inner self. And I think human design is like that cheat card that helps you along the way
0: yeah exactly it gives us a lot of people that i um do human design with they they say that they gain permission to be who they are and essentially it's like it gives you it Gets you back to your essence and it helps you uncover your condition states and what is really important in human design It's not just to learn who you are and to understand yourself, but to understand yourself in the context of other people So once you understand who you're not your condition states how other people work You'll be able to get to know yourself more. One thing also important in uh, human design that we look is like how you and you mentioned like planting the seeds and how do you plant the seeds for future visions and for your future goals. You are designed to best manifest and attract your goals once you make them as specific as you can, as detailed as you can, creating uh, goals, vision boards, etc which for some people is really hard like everyone makes us think oh you should set goals, be as specific as you can create vision board but some people really have resistance towards that and this pretty much explains it or can you explain us your process for
1: manifesting goal setting? Yeah no I goal setting is my like love language. I love it. Um, like you said I'm very specific so for me it's having very very like granular, Goals, and I remember the first time I really, well, I've been doing goal setting forever, but a few times that stand out to me. Even when I started at Mind Valley and we created our goals, you know, and everybody had different kind of goals, but mine was very specific. It was, I want to start traveling for one month a year and working remotely. And that that goal, for some reason, stands out so hard to me because two years later, I created a career where I would go to Europe for a month and work remotely, and then come back and that's how granular it is. It's like, I need to work remotely somewhere in Europe for a month. And that would be the goal that I have. Um, and they tend to come true. But anytime I do less specific ones, it's kind of like, I can't connect with it. There's no anchor to it. Um, and so what I do is I break apart different um, kind of areas of my life, right? So like um, career, um, maybe even financial relationships, friendships, Um travel how my house would look and again i know there's if you can if you check online there's like the 12 categories of life or the yeah, six categories of that, life I remember. exactly and so you kind of just choose whatever categories are important right like i'm not a parent so i don't have a parenting bucket whereas for you like maybe you would have a goal in that area so choose what kind of buckets um connect with you i feel very out of balance if i don't have that like i just feel like i don't even know where i'm going or what i'm doing and i think also if you are living a life outside of the norm this becomes really important because otherwise i can look at my life and be like okay do i have the white picket fence helps okay you know like that you end up defaulting to that being your goal when it's not so i think especially if you don't want to live with conditioning you have to be like whatever whatever the method is, and for me specific manifests, it's like I know what I want in each area and I just kind of put blinders on and those are the things that I'm working towards.
0: Good, good. But I also want to explain like why specific manifesting doesn't work for people who are specific manifestors. So I have this specific manifestor trait and I really don't like goal setting. I really like to be attached to the vision and that allows me the space to be flexible because I'm a manifestor. So that's why we have to look the whole picture. Being a manifestor, I get these creative urges. So if I stick, if I stick strictly to some certain plan to a strategy let's say the strategy for putting instagram posts and everyone is like oh you need to have a strategy in place if i put a strategy and i have a creative urge like it makes me really angry because and it makes me frustrated because i don't want to stick to the plan that doesn't allow me for this flexibility of creativity so that's why we really need to look holistically into our own human design and one thing also i want to reflect that you mentioned it's having this vision and like, do we, do we reach, reach that at all? Like once I learned, when I started my process of deconditioning and getting from my corporate world into entrepreneurship, I was so stuck on finding my own purpose. And that was my obsession. Like, what's my purpose? What am I here for? So through human design, I learned one aspect that said, I will not find my true purpose until later stage in my life. That didn't make me angry. It provided me such a relief because I detached myself from the vision, from the end goal and started enjoying the process and living in the moment. And I think that is really important because everyone is setting goals and like putting all the all all this pressure on them and once you set a certain goal sometimes when you approach it new things happen for you and that goals becomes further and further because you set news new ones and new ones and it's really important to be able to really enjoy in the process in the now because process and this moment
1: is the only thing that we have
0: so yeah, I think, yeah. and i i also
1: just want to touch on that because like i think too many people are so like and I was the same way, like, what's my thing? And especially now it's, you know, young is self-made billionaires, all these things. Um, we, we put so much pressure on finding our thing that we forget to A, enjoy life. But then we also lose all the different pieces in our life that are there to bring us um, to eventually that place where, you know, we have all the tools to kind of bring our purpose to life. And so I think human design kind of can calm you down and be like, you're doing good. You're on your path. You don't need to rush it. You'll get there when you get there. Um, kind of reclaim enjoying your life. Yeah, there's two sides of it. I think the the hustle side of entrepreneurship is, okay, start your business, start something new, get something out. And the thing is that our happiness comes from within. So it has nothing to do with what business you have. Um if you're you're just doing things for, you know, money or you know, external validation, you're not gonna be happy in your own entrepreneurial business. I know I think the beautiful thing of working at Mind Valley is having so many peers and friends who left for entrepreneurship and tried it and like, yeah, half of them love their life, half of them hated their life. Same as at a corporation. Half of people hate their life, half people love their life. And it's such an internal job. Um of kind of like understanding yourself what you like and you know a job change isn't always the solution cuz if you're out of alignment you're just going to get back into out of alignment in that new job right and and so i think it's it's connecting it's doing whatever like comes out of you Um, as opposed to, okay, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now check mark. And that for me was never, ever, ever the goal. Like I don't, um, it wasn't like I'm an entrepreneur now. And so life is perfect. It's like, no, entrepreneurship just gives me avenues to try different things. Right. I can pivot a little bit easier than I could in a career. That's the only difference really.
0: Yeah, Um, it's the how. I love that. It's the how. It's not our why. So that's what people exactly forget. And when you mention happiness, happiness is innate. And that's a concept that when I was going to the school of practical philosophy in New York for the whole semester we were discussing happiness and this concept of happiness is innate and it really doesn't depend on any external circumstances and our life's purpose and our work purpose is not something that we are chasing for something that we should reach it's within us when we live in an alignment so just sometimes we tend to forget to go from the doing into the being and that's Mm. essentially the key of living in alignment
1: yeah one thing to add too is um we a lot of times can influence people just by who we are and just by example and i think we're forgetting and and i totally understand that the model is be the expert and thankfully we're moving away from that model um but before it was the expert right so you had to do 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 and be the best and i think we're moving into more of a collective energy now where we're learning more from peers and people around us and it's less you know hoisting up somebody to the top um, but it's just like learning from each other. And, you know, if I'm living my life in alignment, you'll be able to feel that off of me. And then you'll be like encouraged to live your life in alignment. And and then we're just, like you said, it's not like we accomplish something. It's more just, we're always in a place of who we are naturally. And then that helps other people, you know. Um, through our being. So I love that. Thank you
0: so much for being guest and for sharing your true story, for sharing your human design. And hopefully other people are going to get inspired and to learn more about their design through your story and learn that there is actually a different way. There is no one way of creating your career or business and just learning for uh, about your human design, getting inspired by other people's journeys. You can tap into your own superpowers and really create your path, your own unique way. And do you want to just tell us where people can find you read more and hear more from you?
1: Yeah, so I would love to have everyone sign up to the Friday newsletter. That's probably where I'm like the most, you know, just transparent. It's it's my home, my online home, um, you know, less so than Instagram, although I have an account there as well and LinkedIn. Um, But yeah, sign up. And I would I always my favorite part is also the feedback and the replies and you know sharing your stories of if you think that same way or you know different insights so
0: I would definitely encourage because that's how we connected I would I'm subscribed to your Friday's newsletters and I had this urge to just reply and be like okay yeah because sometimes when you're in an online world you're sharing your stories you feel like you're ta- talking into an emptied well and that there's no one listening there's no one on the other side but really it's it's really great to hear from people wi- who's that your message resonates. So don't be shy and just get out of your comfort zone and reach out and respond to people. You never know what can come out of that. See, our podcast episode came out of that. And I'll leave your details in the link before, um, below the video and at the end of uh, this episode. Uh, thank you so much for being my guest and looking forward to seeing your progress into your solopreneurial journey. Good luck. Thank you so much, Tiana. Thank you for listening to Career Alchemist podcast with Tiana Burek. If you like this episode, please share it with a fellow career alchemist or leave us a review. If you'd like to learn how to build a thriving career or business by your human design, sign up for the free training and the link in this episode. For additional resources, please visit careeralchemist.com.